Hello fellow listeners, welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. And I'm your host, Juan Cruz. And today we have um, a very good podcast. Uh, Well, I hope it is, uh, especially in this time where I feel like our society has lost so much uh, in, in the aspects of the morality. I feel like what we're going through right now uh, in our generations, we're seeing that little by little, we are in, in, in a, what's the word I'm looking for? In a epoch where a time that man has no direction, every foundation, every moral foundation that we have is more or less uh, gone. We, we follow no rules. And the meaning of morality is uh, the distinction between good and bad behavior. So I feel like right, right now we're in this time where especially it seems like the men, it seems like to be a man is such a bad thing right now. If you're a man that stands up for something and you have a sense of aggressiveness, not an aggressiveness in a bad way, to, to be aggressive isn't bad. It, it all depends where this aggression uh, moves moves towards. So if, if this aggression that we have is just being pushed in whatever direction, uh, in, in, in a way, in some sense, it, it can destroy. But a man is naturally has this aggression. It's built within man. So it seems very destructive. So... Uh, before we get started on this podcast, I hope that you 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 all like it. I wanted just to quickly do a shout out for uh, this this family, which is uh, the the Crafty Flowers, which I've done some few ads for them before, and you can check them out on Instagram and on Etsy, and you just put the Crafty Flowers, and sometimes uh, uh, things might come up, and then it'll say, "Are you looking for the shop Crafty Flowers?" So if you check that out, uh, the Crafty Flowers on Etsy and also on Instagram, you can also message them, uh, ask them if they can make custom things from, uh, I mean, I've said it before, they make beautiful uh, wooden uh, uh, designs from, from signs to, oh my God, coasters, they make mugs, uh, a lot of custom things. So if you just also send them a message, kind of giving them an idea of what you're looking for, um, phrases or whatever it may be, a gift that you're looking for. Uh, I mean, I just saw one that was like a Star Wars cup and uh, it said something like Yoda one for me. And it's kind of unique things that they kind of come up with. Uh, or another one that said, uh, you're OB one for me. So uh, cool little things from Star Wars, little phrases, catchphrases that they've made up and they've put on cups uh, for Valentine's Day gifts. You have, uh, you know, gifts coming out for graduations. Uh, I mean, all kinds of things. So check them out. Uh, anything that you kind of can think of, they can more or less find a way to create it and put it on something so it can be unique from shirts to coasters, cups, uh, cutting boards, signs that made they made... Uh, I bought one. I have one from them that's it says the Cruz family established in 2011. 
I mean, it's it's cool little design. So check them out whenever you get the chance. They're a very good family. It's important that we support, uh, especially the smaller businesses. So if you get the chance, support them. Great family. So anyways, let's get started with this. So the morality of men. Now, this is very important because the morality of men, we've, we've as, as man has, as in these last uh, 10 years, I'd say, there's been a lot of direction loss. If you ask the general man, you say, what is a man? What defines a man? And this is very difficult to be able to answer because you have so many different men that will give you a different answer. And what defines a man? I mean, uh, is it his hair? Is it his eyes? Is it his strength? Is it because he has arms, legs, a heart? Is it because he's courageous? Is it because, um, I, I, I don't know what it is, you know, uh, but what defines a man? Uh, could, could it be that, that maybe what you think a man is, maybe somebody else can't live? Like, let's just give an example. If, if the man isn't handsome, tall and strong, you know, is, it, does that mean that every man who's not tall, handsome and strong, not a man? I mean, no. So I believe that I, I, I searched long and hard for this. I've, I've been kind of going at this one for quite a few years. What exactly is a man? And of course, I'm, I'm religious, but I also saw in a few different uh, psychology books, sociology books, also in different cultures, how they raise their young men. And then you see how in places like Africa, you know, how how they put them put them through the test of suffering, how they how they turn them into men in villages where, you know, they would uh, have a child go out and hunt um, you know, as, as around the ages of 13, more or less, you know, they tell this young boy, 15, 16, I don't know what the ages are exactly, but they tell this young little boy, you know, go out and hunt. And until you bring something back, you're not allowed to come back to this village. And the little boy goes out there and, and hunts. And, and until he brings something back, he can't come back to the village. I mean, I went through different uh, cultures in every different standard and you see that most of them have a few things in common and it tends to be how a man bears suffering the culture of of different villages also how a man keeps his word you see in the religions they constantly speak about that about a man's word and then you also have the intellect the mind so you have other other uh, cultures and uh, countries where they teach the child to be intelligent, to think about things, to, to look towards the future, to see. I think each one maybe thinks that they have it right, but I think all of them have the same thing, but sometimes they just, they, all of them have this the, the, these three things, which is a man's word, a man who can bear suffering, who can handle the tough times, and then also a man who thinks and, and is smart and is intellectual. So you see how uh, these three things, I think every culture more or less has them and they see that each one is very important, but sometimes they put more emphasis on one thing. So in, in, in this, I kind of want to put emphasis on all three and how important they are. And hopefully I can do this in a shortened time where hopefully you don't get bored and then uh, it keeps you interested. So the first one is... 
But what is what is what is man? So I believe that in order for us to understand what man really is, we must go to the first man. And who's the first man? I mean, from the beginning of all existence, if you listen to my podcast on truth, I don't want to get into it too deep, but in the beginning, you know, the we go to the first man. Who's the first man? Who's the first man of mankind? Who's who is it? It's God. You know, and and I like how we don't know exactly what what God is and where he comes from and what he does. You know, at least I like what the the Bible has said about it. The the Bible says a very interesting thing. It says that no one has seen God's face. It says that not even Moses saw his face. It says Moses only saw the back of him. So it's interesting how we don't know what God is, but all you hear of is his word. God speaks. That's it. And you see this in the book of Genesis from the chapter one. It says God spoke. You know, let there be light. Let there be the heavens, the earth, the water, the animals, the creatures flying, the the creatures of the sea. So you see how he speaks and everything comes to existence. The power of truth, the power of speech. You see how even in the second chapter, man reverberates the same thing. So in the second chapter, man, after he creates mankind on the sixth day, in the second chapter, mankind does the same thing. He echoes the same thing that God does. He more or less kind of... uh gives these animals a name and brings them into existence. And the power of speech is so powerful because you can sit here and say to yourself, well, just because you say something exists, it doesn't really exist or it doesn't come to life just because you speak its name. And in essence, it does. I think I, I had said this in the la- one of the last few podcasts, but you speak about something and you can both be thinking something and completely avoid it. A couple can say, can be thinking something and completely avoid everything. Wake up in the morning and they both have this hatred towards each other that they've kind of blown off for the last few months, let's say. And there's this elephant in the room and they've both been ignoring it. And then as soon as one of them comes out and says... I hate you. It's almost undeniable now. Now you know and she knows that you hate each other. Even though you both knew that, but because nobody spoke it, you were able to lie to each other and play fake about it. But the emotions were always there. They've always been simmering in the background, more or less to say. But as soon as you speak it, it kind of comes into existence. And you see how man does this in the chapter, in the second chapter of Genesis. You see how man does this. He gives the animals a name. So as he gives them a name, they kind of come into existence. You know, it says that God takes all the animals to give them a name. And then they they leave and they kind of enter into existence. So you see this, you know, what, uh, what the power of speech can do. It can bring life. So, who's the first man? I believe that the first man is God. So I say we reference back to the first man. 
you see how God speaks and he does not repent. God is a man who, when he speaks something, he says it and he does it. You know, there's this, uh, the song of Balaam in the Bible. And it's a poem that gets uh, read from Balaam. Now, if you want to read the story, uh, you can look it up. It's in Numbers chapter 22. And it's kind of like this this man who's being asked to a curse a certain uh, nation or warriors. And, you know, because, you know, there's a war happening. But in the poem, Balaam says this. He says, God is no human being that he should lie. No child of Adam to change his mind. It is his to say and not to do. It is his to speak and not to fulfill with a question mark at the end. So you see this, that God is not a man who speaks and then later on repents. You know, he makes a promise to Abraham and he says, you will have a descendant as numerous as the stars, like the sand and the sea. And he kind of gives him a description of how many uh, descendants he will have. And in essence, you kind of look over and you say, you know, everybody who is Jewish, Muslim and Christian is a descendant of Abraham because in some way they followed in the footsteps of the faith that was taught to him. You know, the Jewish people, the Christians come from the Jewish religion. Jesus was Jewish. So you see this. I mean, he makes promises and he always fulfills them. He tells the people of Egypt, I'm going to take you out of Egypt. And he does. He fulfills the promise that he that he says he, he'll do. He says he'll take them to a, to a promised land. And he fulfills that. He says he'll bring them a savior. And he fulfills that. I mean, every time that he speaks, he does what he says. And you see this. You know, it's, it's important that man does the same thing. That as a man, we should speak. And we should we should fulfill the promises that we say. And it's interesting because a man in his marriage should make promises and keep them. You see this when a man makes his vow. When a man enters into marriage, they sit there and they say, I promise uh, to love you through the good times and the bad, for richer or for poor, through sickness and in health. So, I mean, even when two people get married, when, when they both get married, they're both not signing contracts or giving each other money to have this marriage fulfilled. It's just two people that make a promise to each other. It's two people that fulfill a word to each other. That's it. Just a word is being given. And it's important that a man speaks and then he says what he does. Because the last thing any woman, so for the women who are listening, any woman doesn't want a man that's going to make a promise and then retract that promise. The last thing you want is for a man to be sitting there saying, I promise you the world. I promise you cars. I promise you money. And then he nags on all of it. I mean, those are cheap things. Those are meaningless things. The last thing you want is for a man to make a promise, something as marriage, to be with you the rest of his life. Because you know what happens? If he doesn't fulfill that small promise, what's, what does he end up doing? He ends up cheating. I mean, uh, it's so important that a man fulfills his promise because the only people who don't fulfill their promises are children. 
Children don't fulfill their promises. A child speaks and then he changes his mind later on. You see this with children all the time. A child, one day he says, I'm going to be a doctor. The next day he's a firefighter. And next day he's a clown. He says, I'm going to be a clown when I grow up. And sometimes some of these things end up true. But 80-90% of them, they're just things that kids say at the moment. They stay they feel it emotionally and they make a decision based on that. And that's not how a man should be. A man should sit here and make a promise and fulfill this promise. Because if a man can't keep his word, then what is he? He's just some child running around. So you, you see this even as far as like business deals. Even if you're a man who who, who, who makes business deals... Nobody will ever trust your word. I mean, you see this in like the NBA. You see this in the NFL. Managers will try to keep their words. If they say that they're going to do something, they will do it. Because if they if they retract that, then every manager in the NBA, the NFL, will find out. They'll know. And then what happens? Then nobody trusts them again for the next deal that comes around. So... I mean, to keep your word is such an important thing. The same thing for the women. You keep your word. You, ma you make a promise. You make a vow. And you fulfill that vow. You fulfill that promise that you've made. Because if you are, uh, it, you, can, you can maybe retract it once. But do it enough times, nobody begins to trust you. Eventually you become like the boy who cried wolf. So, it's, it's very important that we speak and we don't retract. It's not always the easiest thing to do. But if you begin to do this, uh, you start thinking about these these things. You know, and uh, this brings me to the next thing, which is uh, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost, as some of the older generations call it. But the Holy Spirit, you know, they, they have the sign of the Trinity. You have the Father, which is God. The Holy Trinity. And then you have the son. Now, usually when you when you see the in the Christian religion, they do the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. But today I'm going to go father, Holy Spirit, son. And why is this important? The reason why this is important because, you know, from a moral standpoint, looking at this, the Holy Spirit kind of signifies this consciousness within us, right? This mind, you know, it's... It's funny, um, you you know, they have a saying in the Jewish religion uh, and then even in Christianity in, in Deuteronomy where it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You know, the heart signifies the flesh, the strength signifies, you know, the man's work, his, his work ethic and even how he... Uh, uh, like his earnings, money, you know, and then the, the, the mind kind of signifies the spirit. So you see this, you know, the, the mind. You have man who is, um, who speaks something. But before he speaks something, he has to think about what he says and what he does. You know, you constantly see how Jesus Christ constantly prays before he speaks. You see how... Uh, a lot of the prophets in the Bible constantly, uh, they'll, they'll think about something before they speak it. So th this Holy Ghost is, uh, this Holy Spirit 
is constantly there. Uh, it says that the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom, intellect. If you look it up in the Bible, you know, you see how the, uh, it says that Solomon prays, prays to God to consult God, you know, for wisdom to know how to guide his people. So you see how the wisdom kind of in some sense signifies the mind, signifies the conscience. So you have to sit here and you have to think about this sometimes. You have to uh, kind of enter into the depths of your consciousness. Think about these things. Before you make a promise, you have to think, is this the woman for me? Am I willing to, to, to fulfill this promise? Or when times get tough, am I going to blame her because things went wrong? A man takes responsibility for the things that he does. He doesn't walk away from them. A child will blame somebody. But a man is a man. A man makes his own decisions and he decides what he's going to do. Nobody forces his hand. If a man blames somebody else for the problems that happened, then he's not truly a man. He's a child that can't accept responsibility a man who's a man will never allow somebody else to dictate his decision so what does a man do a man takes responsibility because he knows consciously that he made that decision so a man thinks about what he says before he says it so then he won't have to retract that statement later on and then look like a fool a child doesn't think about what he does a child will immediately just say, because he's he's still so young, his prefrontal cortex isn't fully developed, he just uh, spews out things that come out of his mouth. But a man at his older age will think about these things. Even businessmen. You see a businessman and a businessman will think about business decisions before he makes them because the last thing he wants to do is speak about what he wants to do say something to another company, to another manager, as I just gave as an, an example, and then he thinks, oh my God, why would I do that? The stats on this player look so good. Maybe I'm giving up gold for, for, for rocks. So, and even in every decision, even from the success from other people, you see that they think about things before they do it. They don't go off just saying something. Scholars will try... I mean, most scholars, mo most good, well-recognized scholars, you know, that have uh, lasted the test of time, thought about a lot of the things they said before they said it. So it's important that a man, before he speaks, he thinks about what he says before he says it. Now, here's the last thing, is man's suffering. You see uh, this image in Jesus Christ. You see how Jesus uh, bears the suffering for others. And it's important because when you look at a man, a man should be able to bear the suffering. A man should be the one to walk in first. Because you can't go where you haven't gone until you have gone. I mean, it sounds very simple, that, that phrase, but it's very deep too. Because a man needs to tread first. As a woman, the last thing you want is your man to be the one that, you, that runs behind you when things get tough. 
A man should tread first. A man should walk first. Even from every physical standpoint, men on every social standing, men will tend to be stronger, taller, faster than women. I mean, this is why we're having such a debate right now. This is why there's so many problems in our society right now where they're having problems because you have a transgender young man entering into a woman's uh, track. And then this transgender young man is, is, is blowing out every young girl in track. So even from a biological standpoint, it makes more sense that the man steps first. I mean, whether you like it or not, truth is truth. And this is such an important thing because as a businessman, a businessman must look towards reality. He needs to look to the reality to make sure that he has the highest success rate because he's running numbers and he's playing a gambling game. So a good businessman looks at the scenario and he picks according to the right decision that he needs to make. So even in the family, because the man is the man, and the man genetically and biologically is stronger, the man should step first. The man should bear the suffering. It's almost like he was genetically made for this. So you see this, how a man should be the one to step first. The last thing that a woman wants is that the man says, you go first. You tread the waters first. You go into the forest first. Let the snake bite you. Let the leopard eat you. So then if things get tough, we run away and we leave you to get eaten. What kind of woman wants a man like that? That runs away when times get tough. There's a lot of suffering that comes in into this world. I mean, people say all the time, life is a you know what. And if if when times get tough, a man runs away... Oh, forget about it. Then he's going to run away for every little thing that happens. The last thing that you need is is to have a child to be next to you. Because life is difficult. You have bills. A man should go out and work and pay bills. Or do you want, you know, uh, I know for all all the women out there that are thinking, you know, to, to be a feminist and a woman can work. Well, fine, a woman can work. But if, 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 if this is, is such a problem, why is there this whole uh, uh, child support? I mean, women want men to pay child support because there's not a lot of men that are willing to bear, willing to bear the burden, the suffering of working and sacrificing your money for a child. It's, it's really a, self, a selfless thing to do. To take your money that you've worked hard for and give it to another human being. I mean, this is truly in some ways a suffering. It's not easy. Any parent, I have six children. Any parent who sits here and says, I love to go to work and give all the money to the kids. Yes, I mean, it's, it's great. It's beautiful and I love to do it. But it's not the easiest thing in the world. It's not every day that you wake up to say, yes. I mean, it's not. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's difficult when you need to get work done around the house. 
the woman can't do certain things because some things are too heavy. So the man has to get things done. I mean, this this is our society. I mean, a, a man, if a man makes a promise to you and then he has a child with you, well, then he should have thought about that promise before he made it and then afterwards fulfilled and entered into the suffering. Because to bear the suffering for others, you give life. I mean, this is the, the concept of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, you know, there's a moment where Jesus Christ, after he's whipped because everybody accuses him and, and says that he's lying, they whip him. Pontius Pilate has him to be whipped. And then as he's standing there bleeding, Pontius Pilate recognizes that he's truly a man, a man who bared everything, that he, he took his whippings and then still came out and was standing. Pontius Pilate looks at him. And he turns to the right or left or I don't know what way he turns. And he says, this is man. It's very interesting how he says it. This is man. This is a man right here. So you see how, uh, I mean, in the end, Jesus Christ dies and then he resurrects. And, and from the moral standpoint, if you look at this, when Jesus Christ dies and resurrects, he gives life. He gives life to all those. He goes into the depths of hell and it says that he, he, he takes Adam and Eve and Moses and Abraham and Jacob and he brings them to, to, to heaven. I mean, he doesn't, I mean, for another time, he doesn't really go hell, hell. He kind of goes into the purgatory, which is another form of hell. And then he brings them up to heaven. But, he, but from the moral standpoint... A man who, who can bear the suffering and give his life in the same metaphorical way, in, in, in the same analogy, he can give his life as Jesus Christ did. He gives life to his wife and to his children. That when things get difficult, he doesn't come home and say, I'm done with this. Well, I worked all day. So you do the dishes, you cook, you clean, you do the laundry. No, but instead what the man does is he comes home and he puts his big boy pants on and he buckles himself down and he says, what do I got to do? What do you need me to do? You work 40 hours and then you come home and you don't chicken out. You stand up and you put your head up high. And then you do the work that needs to get done. And I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying that you just give up and you walk away. But you persevere. You don't quit. The last thing you want is to look back and to see that what you taught your child was to come home, to drink a beer, to sit down, to watch TV as all the morning your wife has been slaving away. Actions speak louder than words. So your, your child is going to do exactly what he sees you doing. He can You can tell him all you want to get good grades, to be a hard worker. But in the end, he's going to do what you do. And if you're happy with who you are, well, then fine. But if you're not happy with who you are, well, then damn well, you're definitely not going to be happy when you see your son acting the same way, putting your grandchildren through the same thing. I mean, this is this is such an important thing. A man speaks and he fulfills his word. 
But before he speaks, he thinks about the things he's going to say so that he doesn't look like a fool when he retracts that statement. And then a man bears the suffering of others. He sits there and he takes it and he doesn't wait for any recompense. He doesn't wait for anybody to give him an award, money, cash, or anything. His reward is to see that his wife and children that he loves receive life. And therefore, in giving his life, he receives life himself. Because if you're a father and you've had this moment where you've stayed up with your kid, or you taught him and went through all the difficulty to teach him how to walk, talk, and learn math, when the child does that, I mean, it's the one of the most happiest moments of your life. In some way, you feel fulfilled. I mean, the journey isn't done there. You know that there's a lot more to go, but it's such a happiness that comes. I mean, having a child, you have, geez, maybe 75% difficulty and only 25% is this moment of joy. But that 25% of moment of joy is so worth everything. When you see your kid take the first steps and he starts walking, when you see your kid and he does this math problem that you know that he's been having difficulties with. Or you see him get that trophy in that sports that you know that he's been working so hard. And you've been helping him out to practice with this all day long. I mean, this is such a fulfilling thing. When you give your life, you receive life. Because you give your life to the other. And when you see them so happy, you gain this happiness, this joy that you've been searching for. That you thought you were going to find it in money, in sex, in cars, in clothes, in TVs, in sports. And you didn't find it there because you're still sitting there depressed. Some of you guys are, are listening to this podcast. I had a young man who came into my business today. And he began to speak to me about all these things. Confused as to what to do in life. Because he's looking to have sex with women and to do drugs. And he thought that he was going to be happy. Because these things don't make us happy. In giving your life, you receive life. So you see it. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father speaks his word. And the Son bears the suffering of others. To give life to everybody. And the Holy Spirit is the mind, is the consciousness, and it, and it allows you to think. You have this brain. Think about the things you do before you do them. If you, have, if you ask my opinion, this is the moral compass of a man. That a man does these three things and lives it out. It's not that a man is strong. It's not that a man is tall. It's not that a man is light-skinned, dark-skinned, blue-eyes brown eyes or who knows what no it's that a man lives his word thinks about what he does before he does it and bears the suffering of others that is a man because if you don't do that the only thing you are is a child and if if any of you are listening to this podcast live these three things try it out just for a little bit and see how much it helps you. Speak the truth. Live in truth. Allow your words to always speak truthfully. And think about the things you say. Don't lie about the things that you say. Don't sit here and, and, and try to think, how am I going to develop a lie in order for me to get away from it? No, no, no. Speak the truth. 
If you didn't listen to the podcast in truth, I, I, I urge you, listen to the podcast of truth. Check the podcast out. Check the podcast out on the chaos uh, in order, the difference between men and women. Uh, check out the podcast and the difference between normal and abnormal. Listen to all these different podcasts. If you're listening to this one for the first time, check out the other podcasts. Uh, this is one that's kind of deeper in. So before you listen to this one, uh, I always tell people to listen to the podcast of truth. So if you're going uh, to share this podcast, share this podcast with somebody, spread this out. Um, there's a lot of people that are listening in different places. Uh, I don't know how people understand in Germany or in Bangladesh, but there is people that are listening. Um, so pass this podcast out. You don't know who's suffering. If you know somebody who's kind of confused and is going through a lot of depression and you know that uh, they kind of don't have any morality because uh, especially over the last few generations, we've lost this sense of morality. You know, the, the, the moral fabric of our society is more or less gone. You see people living with no type of order in their life. They do whatever they want, however they want, whenever they want. It's kind of like the story of Caligula. You know, there's this uh, there's this uh, existentialist who writes about this. And Caligula is this, is, is, there's this emperor. And this emperor goes out and he, um, he does whatever he wants. He sleeps with whoever he wants. Uh, he says whatever he wants. He eats whatever he wants. He makes his horse the emperor of uh, of 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 Rome or the city that he's in. And then in the end, after he's fulfilled everything that his little heart desires, he looks in the mirror and he can't stand what he sees. Because uh, this is our society. I mean, you have our society right now living in a scenario where... They're doing whatever they want. They're living impulsively. You know, they, a phone, a text message pops up and they look at it and they stare at it immediately. They go out and they have sex. They're doing drugs. I mean, if you know someone who's doing drugs, encourage them to listen to this podcast, uh, to check out the difference between normal and ab abnormal and the, mora the, the moral compass of man. That's the name of this podcast, the moral compass of man. Encourage them to listen to these because, I mean, geez, we, we are so lost in our society right now. This is the reason why I put this podcast out so that uh, in some way we can begin to, to, to find some type of compass to know where we're going, to know, to have a little bit of uh, some direction, some guidance towards the eternal goal that we're all going to or towards whatever goal let's say you don't believe in heaven or hell well some morality isn't bad having some structures and some rules you know it's funny uh, i like what jordan peterson says he says rules aren't a bad thing rules actually make things more fun you know chess has all these rules these pawns these bishops these kings and these queens and each one has a different rule as to how that piece can move but if every piece can move like the queen how fun would chess be it actually wouldn't be that fun at all but the thing that makes chess so fun and why people love the game and its complexity is because of the rules in which each piece has to abide by rules are not a bad thing 
those of you who are listening and you have problems with rules, get over it. Get over the fact that there's rules in life. These rules put order into our society. And not only do they put order into our society, they actually give some uh, fun to everything. Because if there was no rules, forget about it. Who knows where we would be? I'm also saying too much rules is also is also not the greatest thing. You know, there's some rules that do go to the extreme. But those of you who say that rules are bad and we should eliminate all rules, I don't agree with that either. Too much rules is too bad too. You know, you can put so enough restrictions on somebody where you can choke them to death. That's not a good thing either. So, uh, pass this podcast on. Share it. Uh, share it in whatever way you can. Tell somebody about it. Um, if you know somebody who's going through some form of difficulty, lost, and they kind of have no sense of direction, we'll share this this podcast on the moral compass of man. Or... Um, you know, put post it up on somewhere, uh, share it through an email, through a text message. And uh, I hope you liked it. Hopefully I can get these podcasts a lot sooner than later. I know sometimes I have difficulty doing them. A lot of people ask me to do the podcast. Uh, but I'll try to get them out as soon as I can. And then hopefully you have more content to listen to. But meanwhile, if you're just getting on this for the first time, check out the other podcasts. If you like Disney, check out the Disney movies. A lot of people like those. Um, There's also eating around the dinner table, which a lot of families have spoken to me. And and these guys that come into the shop tell me that how much it has helped them. Uh, Also, the different uh, the decision making with Fernando and Leslie. That's real good. A lot of people told me that they liked the podcast on uh, scholarships for so for college loans you know they they learned so much about that uh other people said they liked the podcast on the difference between normal and abnormal it kind of gave them a sense of direction in life how to more or less live in their life a little bit they were a little bit lost as to where to go uh the podcast on truth a lot of young men are telling me that they're trying to be more truthful to be truthful is such a hard thing so uh, a lot of young men are telling me that they're being truthful. They're trying to live truthful lives to see what happens at the end. Sometimes you don't know what's going to happen when you speak the truth. But live it out. Play it out a little bit. I know that one's real hard to do. And I'm not going to lie. It's sometimes difficult for me because sometimes even telling your little white lies, you think that no, it'll get away. But try to live the truth. I tried living doing this in the last year and a half and it's it's helped me tremendously and i'm still trying to do this um so check out all these different podcasts uh they're going to help in some way or another uh but until next time god bless